Anyway, let me take it. Okay, you're listening to the Substench on you know, on really nothing. And it was weird. I just did a um, NFL show the other day, and it's wow. weird when I cross over to other sports because I've kind of done it and never put it online because I kind of have wanted to save the soccer part of me, mm-hmm. and but I can't really do that anymore. I just, you're just in too much demand. Yeah, I, I've been doing this for so damn long, and with the book being a bestseller, it's like, hey. damn it. It's like, damn it. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't that's, run from any of them. That's first world problems if I ever heard it right there. Oh, yeah. and I, Yeah, my Twitter bio immediately went from um, podcast host to wrote one bestseller. Guess I got to write some more on yeah, this. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Mine's still and the same. Already, I'm still the same. Yeah. Ne'er do well I was before. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have been leafing through pl- podcasts online for a while, and I was talking to Corey from the Rams Review podcast. I was just going back and forth, thinking as normal. Oh, I'm listening. I'm talking to a bunch of guys that outside outside in England watching this. And we got talking about the book. And I'm like, well, I can't get it overseas. I come to find out he's here. Now, I also come to find out he's also American. And I, I don't know why, Corey, I didn't know that having li- listened to you. I kind of figured that you had gotten rid of the voice. Because um, the guy that's behind... Um, away days football is is a dual citizen and he got rid of the accent so I was I'm sitting there like oh Corey's a little bit younger than it so he should still have the voice so what you said it in pre-show but what made you a Darby County fan yeah I guess it's um for me my, my dad's from the area um when he when I was growing up, my dad played professionally. He's been coaching. He's done scouting in, in Europe and here in America and stuff like that. And so for me, football was always something that was part of who I was when I was growing up. I mean, there's a picture of me in an England tracksuit when I'm two years old. Um, and I always grew up with stories of Darby County because my dad, obviously being from the area, um, he knew a lot of the players from kind of the 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 fifties and sixties, Jeff Barracliffe and Ray Straw, um, Alan Hinton. Yeah, well, yeah, he's seen Alan Hinton play and stuff like that. But he personally knew. Um, oh, okay. He personally knew Jeff and, and Ray, and he was coached by a former Derby player when he when he signed as a professional at fourteen. And so, I kind of grew up with these stories of of Derby and and whatever. And you'd listen to the World Service Radio, um, and I sit down there with my mom while she, you know, my dad would be off coaching. My mom would make these you know, write the scores down from the world service radio before the internet, the pre the dark ages, right before the internet. <laughs> and it said, um, you know, it came to light that when my mom and my dad first met, they, when my mom's first trip to England, they went to a ground game at the baseball ground. And just to say how football's changed, Darby beat city five nil that day at the baseball ground. So it's kind of always been in the, in the, in the background of, of, of when I've been developing this, this football, you know, fever that I have. I mean, I consider myself a football fan first and foremost, but yeah, definitely a Darby County supporter. And um, I go every year when there's not a massive pandemic on to, to go and watch them play. And sometimes it's not a vacation because it's sometimes not enjoyable, but um, I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I drove, 
I, I traveled 4,000 miles to watch Darby County play in an FA Cup game against non-league Southport. And by Darby County, I mean a Darby County like reserve C team play yeah. Southport, uh, who were non-league at the time, which oddly enough, Brentford goalkeeper Devin Rea was in goal. But that was just an incredible thing. And it was like nil-nil. And then Darby's won in the last match. So I, think I've, I, 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 go, I go to my fair few games and everything like that. And that's kind of how I got involved with the podcast. Cool. Anytime you can see an FA Cup game, though, in person, I think it would be cool, even if it is uh, a non-league side, a way down non-league oh, side, yeah. and your team's like, you know, lower yeah, yeah. level we're, we're, guys. It's those those kind of games. Maybe I'm just – it's just me. Those kind of games. I no, know. those – I mean, it's, it's any type of football I'll watch. You know, I mean, I've been um, – I used to be heavily involved with D.C. United when I was younger. Um, so I've been in and around with D.C. United. Um, I've been to Germany to see games. I've, I've seen different English teams play each other and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you can watch a game in person, anytime you can go and watch a, a game at, and at any level with um, at a decent standard, I think is fantastic. And and I love, I love, I mean, for me, it was just the romance of the FA Cup. Is that's that's the romance that's the romanticism of the FA Cup is just that these these small non-league teams can can come to town and 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 can and can roll over the bigger teams that don't take them seriously. And that's the beautiful thing about the beautiful game, really. Cool. Exactly. So now, obviously, it's got to be kind of interesting for you being involved, being around DC United, being a Derby fan. And now your caretaker manager was at both. That, that whole thing with Wayne Rooney going back to England, going back to Derby. I mean, could you expand on that for the non-followers? Yeah, I mean, it was a weird, it was a weird thing. Uh, the season had kicked off. Philip, Philip Kaku, Frank Lampard had left for uh, for Chelsea, and mm-hmm. Darby had brought in the Dutch coach Philip Kaku, um, and and he had a bunch of. It was a strange. Last season was a very strange year, um, even by Darby County standards, which is always strange. I think last year kind of peak, it was peak Darby County. Um, short preseason, anyway. They went to Florida had some strange preseason friendlies that were like abandoned because of lightning, because no one took into account that there's thunderstorms every night in Florida at like seven o'clock. So they played it like 9am the next day and or whatever. And, and so they go back to England, the season kicks off against Huddersfield and there's, there's, there's rumors going about like Wayne Rooney and whatever. And you're like, what Wayne Rooney. And, <laughs> and it was just weird. And then, all of a sudden, you know, Sky officially like announced that they were they were, you know, Rooney was coming and whatever. And you're sitting here and you're thinking, um, okay, you know, that this is this is really cool. Like, you know, obviously I had seen Wayne in, in DC and he wasn't the player that he was, but he was still pretty good. And you were like, okay, he's gonna come to Derby, he's gonna have that kind of impact. Cause we all saw when he took DC United basically and single handedly drug him to like the quarterfinals of the playoffs or whatever it was that season yeah. that season he was there. Um, and you're like, okay, so Wayne Rooney's coming. And that's fine. And there was all this fanfare. Well, he's not joining. He's not going to join in summer. He couldn't join till, till January, 2020. So then, you know, as a Derby fan, you're kind of like, cool, but six months is going to pass and you don't kind of know, you know, who's going to have a job and who's not going to have a job and things like that. And so I think when you look back at that move though, I think the move is really strange in that a lot of the attention, Philip Kaku had a lot of transfer targets that he wanted to get into the club, but with the, signing of Wayne Rooney, the the entire attention for like an entire week towards the end of the transfer window had to go to signing Wayne. The CEO left, the owner left, 
they all left to come and make sure Wayne could get on a get on Wayne get on the plane um, mm. to to get to England and that this deal was going to go through. And that turned their attention away from actual other signings that the manager wanted to make so that by the time deadline day was running by, Darby were on like their fifth and sixth choice um, kind of transfer target. So that was kind of an odd thing. And then, you know, we kind of waited and waited and, and we were just kind of, I guess everyone was fingers crossed that Rooney didn't get hurt for that last part of the season at DC United. Um, and then he showed up early uh, to, to, to Darby. He wasn't supposed to show up until like a couple weeks before Christmas. And he showed up in like mid-November, started training with them, did a lot of the promo stuff in terms of working with the community trust and, and, and talking about anti-gambling and stuff like that, um, which was weird because his, his contract <laughs> is paid for by a gambling con- company in a way. I don't know if it's officially paid for, yeah. but that, that's kind of what the company line, uh, not company line, but I mean, just draw conclusions. It's paid for by the gambling company. And then, yeah. so they go into January and, and Rooney comes on. He immediately takes the captaincy off of Curtis Davis, who had took the captaincy off of Richard Keogh, who had been sacked because he was a passenger in a car from two other players that were drunk and crashed. Um, yeah, I, re- oh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Because I think Mason, God, I, I actually landed in England the day after that happened. And it was just like, like I was on the plane when it happened and I got off and I just saw the news and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, yeah, I think I heard, was listening to talk sport on my way to work when that broke. Cause I go to work yeah. really early. So I get like the primetime talk sport. Uh, I remember that came out and it was just like, Whoa. yeah, it was, it was a really weird thing. And, and I was at the first two games after that um, kind of thing. And it was just a weird kind of atmosphere and stuff um, that happened. So Rooney comes in and then Darby's form just, just skyrockets and i mean it was kind of like you were sitting back kind of witnessing you were like okay he's gonna he's gonna do this to what he did to dc united and i hate to say this but you kind of got the feeling as a fan like this is this is the year that we make a run and and this club gets out of this championship um and he was fantastic up until up until lockdown and then lockdown happened and then first couple games after lockdown he was okay he scored a free kick against preston that was pretty good um and then the tail end of that, like last nine games, he couldn't find a black and white shirt to save his life. He really couldn't. Um, and then just pushing it forward to, to where we are today is, you know, he, he missed a lot of time in preseason with a unknown injury slash back injury, uh, missed some time because he wanted to coach at soccer aid, oddly enough, while he was injured, but he he missed a few games, um, the opening game against Barrow in the cup. He's come back in and, to be honest, he didn't look fit. He didn't look um, like he was kind of with it, like he wanted to be playing. He was making a lot of mistakes. He couldn't. He was again struggling to find a white shirt, um, and it was really, really odd. And it, it was just a lot of people in the fan base were just questioning why is he even being picked? You know, is there is there a clause that he has to be picked if he's fit? And then he pops up against Norwich with a 90, 90th minute free kick winner um, for Derby's first win of the season. And so it's good, but then, you know, Rooney kind of tails off and he's just, he's just kind of there. He wasn't really like a standout player for Derby, which was weird. And then, you know, he had an absolutely terrible game against Middlesbrough. And I think that game pretty much retired him because Philip Cocky was sacked. And then Derby decided to do this. Well, we're going to do coaching by committee. So they did. They had a, they had, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah they had a coaching by committee. So they had four coaches on the sideline, uh, Wayne Rooney, Liam Rossini, Shea Given, and an Academy guy, Justin Walker. Wow. And well, I wouldn't say Academy under 23 coach, Kristen Walker. And, um, and then all of a sudden, like the results just were not picking up. And then all of a sudden it pops up that they have this sort of team meeting, the four of them get together and they all decide that Wayne Rooney is the best guy to lead the charge. 
which just seemed weird hmm. because L Wayne Rooney has like a, a C license and he, he doesn't have a pro license or an A license and Liam Senior does. And Shea given it like they all have more cool coaching qualifications, but somehow they decide he's the best man to take it forward. Um, so that kind of split the fan base, especially when he comes out and he's like, we decided that I was the best man. And you're like, oh, okay, Wayne, that sounds a bit odd. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, here we are now with, with Wayne Rooney in charge of Darby County in the interim. Um, and it's uh, six points from the last four games. So that's half of our point total for the season has come in the last four games. So the do back-to-back clean sheets. Um, so I guess Rooney's Rams are not running rampant. How's that for alliteration? Uh, but yeah, there you but go. I think I think he's solidified him. But you know, is he the long term solution at Derby? Not not in my opinion. But that, I mean, that's kind of the lowdown on Wayne Rooney in the last what year or so, eleven months. Yeah, I got an article I'm reading. I don't know how old this is, but it doesn't look like he might be the long term plans for them either. Because if this article is accurate, I don't know when it was written. Uh, are they is Derby trying to sign? Uh, Sean Dyche, because I mean that'd be an awesome signing for Darby, because I think Sean Dyche is a is a great manager and he does a lot with a little. But I I I would have a hard time seeing him leave Burnley, you know, personally, just because he's got a good situation, you know, they like him, they you know he he is able to do whatever his thing there, and sometimes when you leave, sometimes the grass isn't always greener, you know what I mean? So, but I mean for Darby, that would be a great a great manager to get because, you know, he's, he's good. And I think he'd be great in the championship. I just don't necessarily see him wanting to step down to the championship from the Premier yeah, League. Yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting thing. I think the Derbyshire Telegraph reported that, or no, um, I read, I read the article through the Derbyshire Telegraph that somebody had reported that Sean, that Darby were interested in Sean Dyche. I mean, Sean Dyche is still at Burnley. And I think that, I think you're dead on. And what you said is that definitely that, Sean Dyche is just is, is, is a very, good, very, very solid manager. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job at Burnley. I think he works really well under constraint resources. Um, and I think he would be a fantastic manager for Derby. Would he take the step down to the championship? Well, I guess that'd be better than being unemployed. But um, Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. that would change everything. Uh, yeah, I just, don't think, <laughs> I just don't think that, that, that they're going to be able to they're going to be able to get him out of the Premier League while he's still got a job. I mean, I think if he get if he gets sacked tomorrow, then. We're, it's a completely different conversation, but being in a Burnley yeah. job, I mean, in the Premier League, it's going to be difficult, and it would be hard to see him not at Burnley because he's done a fantastic job. But um, and he's kind of a victim of he's, he's kind of a victim isn't of he, success, he, really. He, isn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah, I can't isn't really... he also having problems at Burnley? Because I remember hearing some something not too long ago is that he's basically on the outs there, and the only reason they're keeping him is because he can get stick. Keep him there is that he has no money. He's been uh, he's been guaranteed stuff, and it's like at some at some point. And but I can argue with you, Corey. If you just put the two together, isn't Darby a bigger club? Uh, I mean, yes, yes, yes. They are. They are. But again, money speaks in the modern game, and. When you've got the riches of the Premier League, um, you know that's a different story. And yeah, Sean Dyche works under tight constraints, but in the Championship, obviously they work under uh, a different scenario with the FFP financial fair play. So Darby's sale so close to the win like that. I mean, I don't know, especially with the lack of crowds from COVID, how that's affected the bottom line. Because I know they were really close to FFP before and could have got charged by the EFL, but didn't. Um, 
so yeah, Darby, Darby flies so close to the FFP win that it would be really difficult to see how much money they would have in, um, even if even if. They're... Yeah, aren't they? Yeah, aren't they flying up close to it because of because of Wayne Rooney? Is that isn't that like ninety percent of the reason why they split him between being a player and a manager is that to justify bringing? Yeah, him I think I think Rooney. That they had to categorize him. Yeah, I mean Rooney. I think Rooney's weekly wage, and this is not. This is just. This is just from from people I've spoken to and from reports I've read and what I can gather is he's on about a hundred thousand a week. Now the top earner at Derby is probably on twenty five now a week, twenty five thousand a week. So you're paying a player a hundred thousand pound a week to play in the championship, which is just. It's just that's just ridiculous at any level. Um, And yeah, and then they made him that player coach role. Uh, the 32 red sponsorship that Darby have on their shirts and on the internet and on the signboards and everywhere else had a star player clause in there that if they were to get a star player, the, the, they get more money. So I guess Rooney class that star player, they're basically picking up his hundred thousand a week. But I think there was something to naming him as a player coach where they didn't necessarily have to have his um, salary on the books as a player. But then again, when you're playing, I, I guess I, I don't really know, Stephen, how that would break out, but I think there is something to why he was named a player coach. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not just Wayne Rooney on why they're so close to FFP. This has been Derby County have had financial issues for several years caused by a long, a long history of things that have gone on with the club with different approaches to try to get out the league, with um, paying people off, with paying – large sums of money for players that didn't really produce or weren't very good or, you know, paying players off to just leave. Um, And the the amount of money wasted at the club over the past several years has just been astounding really. So, I mean, it's not just attributed to Wayne Rooney. It's a lot of different things, but Rooney, Rooney kind of complicates a lot of things at Derby right now. Wasn't Lampard brought it, wasn't Lampard brought in to stabilize all of that? Because I kind of remember and that, that one was kind of off the beaten path, too. I mean, I get it with Lampard. I get that he's a name. And I don't have the hatred for him that a lot of people do. I kind of like Lampard to a point. But wasn't he brought in to kind of stabilize and bring the club yes up? Yes and no. I mean, I, I, Frank Lampard was really great. I've, I met him a couple of times. He was, he was really, really good. Um, plenty of time, nice guy and everything like that. But... I think he was brought in. I think he was brought in, not necessarily to stabilize the club, but I think he was brought in to kind of elevate it a little bit. And I think what happened was um, Harry Redknapp had helped out at Derby several years ago when Darren Wassell, the academy director, was the manager for a period of time. And obviously, Harry Redknapp and Frank Lampard are related. Um, And I think that they were talking to Harry, or Harry made the phone call to Mel Morris, the owner, and said, hey, look, Frank's available. Frank's a name. Morris always likes to try to go out and make something splashy happen. Um, he had just come off a of punditry. It was his first job. And I think, you know, what, what elevated Darby that season was the three loan players that Lampard was able to bring in through his connections. And that those three loan players are Mason Mount, yeah. Fakayo Tamori, and Harry Wilson. In, in no stretch in the imagination should those players have been playing in the championship of that year because they were just way too good for it. I mean, a year later those two Fikayo Tamori and Mason Mount are at full England internationals. And Harry Wilson was already playing for Wales at the time. I mean, you could just see that they were a step ahead and a level above. And I think that's what Lampard brought. When you look at Lampard's permanent signings, um, they're a bit hit and miss. He brought in Jack Marriott. He brought in Dwayne Holmes, the American. Um, 
and, and you know, they were kind of, they were really hit and miss his signings, but the three loan signings really propelled Darby to that playoff final that season. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that it fell that he was Darby manager when Chelsea were trying to get rid of Maurizio. Sorry, because I think he could have been, if he had been, stayed at Darby another year, I think he could have built something really special. Um, Cause I definitely 100% believe that those three loan players would be back for another year. Um, but when, you know, Chelsea come knocking and it's his dream job and he's got the, such a connection, you know, you, hats off to the guy. He did what he came to do at Darby, but then, you know, he went to, he went to his dream job. He had to go. Yeah. I was kind of hoping not, he would stay. He could not I have knew turned. that wasn't going to yeah. happen. Yeah. You don't turn down. He was not going to turn down that or West Ham. That's just not going to be, that's not going to happen. It's like if, if Liverpool ever opens again, Gerard's not no Liverpool. Steven Gerard is biding his time at Rangers until Jurgen Klopp goes because he's not going to take another job. He's happy in Scotland, I would think, until until such a time when that uh, the vacancy at Anfield opens up and he'll walk straight into that job. Yeah, I mean, all he needs to do is get a couple titles and and continue with how he's going because it's it's surprising with Gerard up there is that he's actually made more of what they are than the last like four last six managers they've had in there and that's just I mean I never thought he would be that good he'd be one of those my one of those star players that comes in is just crap yeah I would have thought that too but he hasn't been you know much to my chagrin because I I like I'm a Celtic guy not a Rangers guy but I don't hate Rangers I have a Rangers shirt it was a one of my away days shirts, but uh, I'm definitely more of a Celtic guy. It's a Catholic in me. It's family. It's the family team. So, you know, but uh, he has done well in Scotland. So, yeah, exactly. And and obviously, you've got a Derby jersey because I think I yeah, more than one now. One I have like three of them. So, yeah. I got an old goalkeeper one that's too hot. And I got an old one that's I don't even know what this if it has a sponsor on it. And then I got the the Just Eat one is the newest one. So that was a few years ago. So Oh you've gotta get eat. you've gotta get the one with Just Eat. And I mean there's nothing better than having Just Eat on your shirt. Yeah. Especially on your belly. It's just there's just yeah. nothing better than that. Yeah, there you go. So but uh Yeah, I, I was hoping he would stay at Derby another year because he um he was one game away. I mean he's he almost got him promoted, which would have been a hell of a job. But, you know, not that I was pulling for him. I actually was pulling for Villa, but uh, it was impressive, you know, watching what they did to Leeds and that whole that whole playoff run for uh, for Derby was quite. Yeah, I mean, that was something I don't so. think you'll ever uh, I'll probably never experience again in football was just the emotion of that Leeds game and and kind of that run in for the Lampard season where, you know, can they sneak into the playoffs? Can they sneak into the playoffs? They did. And then. You know, Leeds kind of thrash him in the first leg, and you think, okay, well, you know, it's it's been a good ride, Frank. You know, whatnot, and then to come out at Ellen Road, and it was just really forty-five minutes. I mean, just to come out in Ellen Road with that last forty-five minutes that they had, yeah. and to and to do what they did, which is just absolutely phenomenal, and just something that just so special. It's going to live a long time in, in the hearts and minds of of Derby County supporters, and I think probably Leeds supporters as well, and in it to a degree, and. <laughs> Definitely made the Leeds United till I die, uh, uh, Amazon show 
interesting to watch at the end there because the whole time yeah. they're they're just rolling, and then that happens and it was just what an end. Uh, so it was a great ending to uh, to the Amazon lead show. Kind of like watching Sunderland on the Sunderland till I die when they're going down and you just see they it's just the ship is gonna sink. There's not no amount of bailing is gonna save it yet. You're watching these poor guys try to bail through the hole. And, and it just can't be done. So, yeah, yeah. That's why Darby's got to. If if Amazon ever, Amazon or Netflix ever comes, they got to run like hell. Oh, run yeah. like hell. Netflix. Netflix came and did a, oh, the those, Darby show. I love those oh, shows, man. I, the struggle would be is you couldn't make enough episodes because it is just it is just it's just mental being a Darby supporter and, and supporting this club. Like it's just, yeah. it's just it's so many mo- it's so many ranges of emotions so many different times like in all together like it's just it's just nuts from time to time about the things that go on and, and whatever and i mean i think it'd be fantastic tv to watch i mean I'd, I'd tune in for that because i love those behind the scenes things but to do something like darby i mean you'd have a you need oh, you need a there to figure out the storylines and stuff well not not to figure out the storylines but to figure out like what to not put in because everything's so juicy you can put everything in yeah, I, I just wanted yes. to see the stuff that didn't make the show. I mean, you watch when they were talking to Ellis Short, and what? I mean, I'm sorry, what a what a jackass! I mean, oh my God, he was horrible. Uh, I mean, I felt for Sunderland supporters. There's not all. I I've never been to the northeast of England, uh, but there doesn't seem to be a lot there. Uh, and you know what they had? He say, like, I don't care. I'm I'm ruining it. So, oh, it was horrible. Uh, yeah, and then the new guy that goes in afterwards. I mean, I um, I follow, and I I've on and off followed Sunderland for God almost a decade because I wrote for them for a bit, and um, I one of the um, I think it was Wiseman once said or the Roper one had a couple of the players on that were part of those two series, and they they both went on going ninety percent of what actually happened is not on TV. One of them said, yeah, Charlie is even more of a jerk than you guys know know of. Yeah. The the guy that was trying to pump everything up the, the and he's a former man former player. He's like, yeah. If they had put in what Charlie actually was, he would have been carried out of there on a he would have been, he would have been carried out of there easily. But with Darby, I had heard somewhere that they had some, there are some like American. Yeah, there were at the time. They had, um, uh, they had. I'm not sure the owners were at the time. They have had American owners, but Tom Glick was chief executive for a long period of time. He's now the CEO of the Carolina Panthers, um, and that was under the Nigel Clough days. And and Tom Glick, like, I don't think that they had an idea about what they were doing. I know he got an award for some sort of uh, sports executive of the year or whatever. And one of his buddies came on and he was like, look at all the money we wasted at Darby. And then look at you now. And you're just like, this is just nuts. And um, yeah, there are actually quite a few. There are actually quite a few American ties. I mean, the current owner, Mel Morris, has took thir- two 30 million pound loans out against the training ground from Michael Dell, the Dell computer guy. Um, and... So there's been that. And yeah, they did have American owners at one time. They've had several American players play for Darby, which is really cool. I mean, from from our research with the podcast, we've 
uh, I think there's five or six of them. And we were able to talk to a couple of them, which was pretty cool. Um, so there are, you know, there's pardon. Benny Filehaber. Yeah, Benny Filehaber. And then you've had, Benny you've had um, Dwayne Holmes is like a current a USA international that plays for Derby. Um, mm-hmm. Ian Foyer, the uh, former LA Galaxy coach, um, West Ham United player. Yeah, he, he played a couple times for Derby's. You oh, got John wow, Harks, who's right. the head coach of the Greenville Triumph, who just won a title down there. Um, yeah. One, he didn't he win an FA uh, Cup? I don't think, a, I think he won it with Sheffield with Wednesday. Or, yeah, no, and then he won a League Cup and then they had um, that's right. They've had uh, Zach Whitbread as well, and you've had Eddie Lewis. So I mean, you know, yeah, Eddie. So oh, I mean, yeah, but old Eddie Lewis. I, yeah, I, I mean, the only highlight I remember from player. Eddie Lewis from Derby was he first of all he played in that terrible relegation season, and he once you know how they rate players on a scale of one to ten on how good they do. Eddie Lewis once got a one yeah. for Derby. And I, I really, I really don't, I think I was like, wow, that's it was like 17 at the time. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what he had to like, do. I was like, possible? I think I could get it better than a one. Like, I think I could just get up from this podcast and I could go out and play a professional game. I could get better than a one, you know? And so it was like, okay, strange, yeah. but yeah, he got it. He got, he got a one, one. So that's my, that's my lasting memory of, of Eddie Lewis in a Derby shirt. I'm, I see that you, you guys have Colin. Yeah, Cassie let me tell you about Colin. Let me tell you about Colin Kazim Richards. So Darby uh, cool. let Darby let probably the greatest the greatest goal scoring number nine of the past ten years that Darby's ever had for the last decade, maybe even twenty years. Chris Martin, they let him go for free to Bristol City. He was top. He was the tenth highest goal scorer in the history of Darby County despite not having played for him for like three years because some people kept loaning him out for whatever reason. So he found his mojo last season, and then they couldn't come to agreement on some sort of length of contract. It wasn't financial. It was just like length of contract. I think Chris wanted like two or three years and Darby were like, we're going to give you a one year with a club option of another. And he's like, "Mm, no, that's fine. So they just kind of agreed to just mutually part ways. So they did. And Darby for the entire off season, the main goal for Philip Kaku was to get in a target man um, striker, you know, hold the ball up, play it out to the wings, that kind of thing. And we were like, okay. And they were going right. to go get the lad from Darmstadt, uh, Sedar Dursen. But somehow the deal didn't get agreed. It's been rumored. It's been ready. You know, he'll, he'll come in January. We don't know what that's going to look like now with Brexit and no deal and everything like that. But they were like, well, we still need a target, man. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, Darby's going to go with Jack Marriott. That's fine. And then all of a sudden Darby just signed Colin Kazim Richards. And same as you, Duffy. It's like, oh, he's still playing? Okay. This is this is bizarre, and then you know, <laughs> and, and you're just sitting there, and you're just like, this is just this is just really weird. Like, what is again another another point where Darby's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, is it Darby? I mean, it, it's cool just because you know. For I just remember him when he went to Turkey, and they dropped. Yeah, just so he played for Turkey. I remember Kazim, that. Yeah. Kazim, you know, and then. Yeah, and now he's the Turkish international. Well, I, I don't know how many times he gets called up to play for Turkey anymore, but he became a Turkish international. And now, then when I, I was just going through the roster, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, it was it was I really weird. And was still playing, so. he didn't really do much. Oh, to be honest, like he didn't really start a lot of games. And then, yeah, I think he's played – how he's many games has he played now? He's year. played now so, like, nine games for Derby. He started three. and. Uh, I don't think that includes tonight. So he started like I think the last four games, and he's been like virtually unplayable. Like he's yeah. been so good. He's got he's got he got a goal. 
he's been like exactly what Darby needed as a target man, like forward, which is just really bizarre. He's not the first couple games. He was like first couple starts. He was phenomenal, like unplayable, phenomenal. But the last couple games, he's kind of fallen away and a little bit. I guess that's due to tiredness. He hadn't played for such a long time after what he was at um, Pachuca, Pachuca, I think, in Mexico or what have you. Yeah, I could. That yeah, I think he's played sixteen different countries. He played in Mexico. Some, some crazy thing uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. He played. He played for Pachuca. He played in Brazil uh, with Corinthians. You know, he played at Celtic. He played in Holland. Damn. Uh, oh yeah, he's been everywhere. Yeah. And he here's has. the weird. Here's two weirder ones. Rocky Santa Cruz. Rocky Santa Cruz is somewhere in like Colombia right now, and um. Oh, who is it? Emmanuel Abanahor is at, I think, Abanahor, I think, is either at Deportivo Cali or he's at, um, oh, God, he's somewhere in Uruguay. Randomly popped up because I have B in Sports Extra, so I see the Libertadores and comes across the screen like, that can't be that same guy that was Played over in England ten years ago. Yeah. Sure enough, sure enough, it is. Yeah, he's. I mean, Richards has played for three teams in Mexico. Uh, it's crazy. Um, hey, at least he's seeing the world. So yeah, I mean, he, he's uh, he's been he, and he gave a real honest assessment of Darby's wow. troubles this season in an interview a couple weeks ago. Like it was just really refreshing. Uh, maybe about a week, ten days ago, just real refreshing to hear um, what he was saying. And I think with that interview, a lot of people kind of started change of opinion i don't think it i don't think it hurt him the fact that he was playing really well at the time so um i I just don't i mean he's kind of like this just maverick random guy that's there and you never know what you're going to get with kazim richards like he's either going to be phenomenal he's going to be complete and utter garbage and he's been so far pretty good last four games so can't really complain can't really complain too much about that so hopefully that uh that continues Yeah, because they're in the zone right now, if I looked at the table correctly. Um, so them and Wickham, which still shocks me that Wickham is in the championship. So I, I'd love to see him stay up. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to, but the fact they made it to the championship, they're already playing with house money as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, Yeah, Pitch Publishing did a book about them coming up. It's, I think it's out I think it, it's already out, but I, I know a bunch of the authors. Fuck, I know about 10 of the authors that are over there right now, and it's they did one over there, but that's that's a circuit. That's a circus at Derby right now. I mean, and with Wayne Rooney, and I mean, I didn't even know Shane Gibbons was still was coaching in the championship. When well, I, I mean, Shane Gibbons by like, coaching. I mean, really, he basically just holds the iPad on the bench. Um, we don't yeah. know what's on the iPad because he actually had yeah. the best Shane Given moment this season was <laughs> when he forgot to give the fourth official the substitute card, and so Nathan Byrne came on for his debut at halftime of whatever game he was playing cool. in, and immediately got booked for illegally entering the field. And everyone just looks at Shea Given. He's like, what? I'm on the iPad. Oh. And it's like, geez, you can't give that guy him two jobs. But yeah, it is it is really disappointing and, and, and strange to see where Darby's in right now. I mean, uh, they were bottom of the table uh, two games ago, uh, which was just kind of crazy. I think on our podcast, we weren't 
a lot of people were really bullish about their prospects for the season, but I don't think on our podcast, we weren't as bullish. You know, we both, myself and my co-host Jason, we both kind of expected Derby to finish around eight and 10th and they needed a lot of things to go right for them to, to finish there. Uh, well, to make a playoff push and to get promoted. And you know, I don't think either of us kind of realized that not only the wheels would come off the bus, the windshield would get smashed, the engine would explode, and then they'd skid off the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's just been real crazy with, with everything that's going on. Sack and oh. Philip Kaku, which I don't think was not great and fantastic, nice man, real gentleman handed everything with dignity and class, right guy, wrong time. Um, and I don't think it was really a surprise that he got sacked when he did, you know, yeah. Darby's in the midst of a, a takeover by the Ben Zayed group. who tried to buy both Liverpool and Newcastle for a period of time. <laughs> Sorry. Pardon me. Is Darby one of the teams that had sold their ground they basically did. to the owner to kind of skirt the financial yeah, so, fair play like yeah, so, and um, other teams Darby did. Done? They sold Pride Park Stadium to Mel Morris's other holding company. Mel Morris is the inventor also of Candy Crush. So play more Candy Crush, please. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing the things you learn in football. Wow. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. And he still um, has money issues. And that's crazy. I've done my part to make sure he doesn't have money issues on, on Candy Crush. I've I've done more than my part more than I'm willing to admit <laughs> on any podcast ever or to myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm. yeah, I, yeah. I try not no, to look in the mirror. You don't want to look in the mirror. It's on just, that kind of stuff. I, that's why you I do podcasts and not videos, it, mate. Push it, uh, yeah. Under the rug. Yeah. yeah. As they said on, it's always, no, nah, like, uh, just keep an eye on it. So just keep an eye um, on it. <laughs> yeah. They're in the midst of it. Yeah. So Mel Morris sold the stadium to himself, uh, for 80 million. Um, that caused a lot of teams to get their, their noses at a joint and, you know, he, he, he got through a loophole. Right. And, and, you know, that's fine. But I mean, for a Darby, for a Darby supporter, yeah. I mean, when you're starting to use the word, well, technically, or it's a gray area, I mean, it's eventually going to catch you out. And I think it has eventually, I mean, yeah. Ben Zayed groups have been reportedly yeah. trying to buy Darby now for, uh, since Halloween, really? Yeah. Since Halloween and the deal's not come through yet. The deal is supposedly yeah. for sixty million for the club, but Morris will be it let, kept on as a consultant, and Darby will still rent the stadium. So, you know, you never really want to have a football club without a stadium because you didn't, all you have to do is look look just um, not too far yeah. away at Coventry and and how they moved from the Ryko Arena. Now they're playing their games at St Andrews because they can't find a ground. So it's just a really strange yeah. thing with with the with the with the takeover and things like that, and and it's just a really strange time. You've got that. You've got the team not performing well. You've got Wayne Rooney, who's mm -hmm. basically got retired by a poor performance at Middlesbrough. And he's now, he's now the coach. Um, you don't know what the new owners are going to do. There's been some big names touted at Derby, potentially, you know, Ben Zayed group have made no, um, they've been very, very clear in their intention when they were at Newcastle to get Rafa Benitez back. So, you know, Benitez has been mentioned as a possible like Derby County manager. Um, a lot of Derby fans want Eddie Howe to come in, but let's just face it, Eddie Howe's not coming to the East Midlands. Um, and then you get straight, you get names like the, you know, Sam Allardyce, you get Wayne Rooney, you get Liam Rossinier. And yeah, so you, you, it's just a really strange thing. And, and Darby, it's either like feast or famine at the moment, really. You know, you're either going to sign Christian Ronaldo, or you're going to sign like mm -hmm. nobody. I'd say Colin Kazan Richards, but he's been playing like Ronaldo for a couple games, yeah. for like, for like 20 minute stretches. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, sometimes that's all you need, though. You bring him yeah. on the bench. There you go, super sub. So, yeah, no, it's right. great. I like the Midlands personally. I mean, my family is from the Midlands. The you know, uh, my mother was from England, so 
when I went to visit, you know, I went to her whole, her hometown and checked it out. So I, I like the Midlands. Mm. So, you know, my, and I have family that live in Worcester. So, um, you know, and it's not bad. There's good football there. I mean, West Brom was down the road. Villa was down the road. Uh, Kidderminster Harriers are down the road. I could not, and or Hereford United, and I could not talk my cousin, who's not really a football fan, to to drag me to let me take me to Hereford to see Hereford United. It's like, why do you want to see them? Because I can see Aston Villa on ESPN Plus all the time. It's not. It's not hard, you know. But Hereford United. I have to make an effort to see them or Kidderminster Harriers. <laughs> I have to really work to see them. So that for me would yeah, be. Yeah, you would have be to. Re- you have to really try yeah. on that in some type of dodgy stream with, with that. It's 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 not that fun. I mean, with, with trying trying to look for that stuff, and I, hopefully, if we're able to get out of the country in March next year, I will be in London and. My dad's already saying, just pick somewhere. Well, we're going to be in London, Edinburgh, Belfast, Dublin, London. Yeah, we're, we're, we're there for 14 days. That's a lot to pile into oh, 14 days. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, to be, to be honest, my dad is going to be 77. Is Well, he's 76. But he can keep up somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. He's good. He's good physically. Good, mm-hmm. Except for a bad ankle that he screwed up in the 70s. He's pretty good physically to do this. I'm the one that's completely out of shape. And I'm 35 years younger than the yeah. man. So, But he, he's like, we're going to do this. He goes, just get, and I asked him, I'm like, there's two things I want to do. The National War Museum. And I want to go to one of the football grounds wherever we are. Yeah. That's what I, I did. just want to, you know, just what I don't care what it is at this point. I trespassed onto uh, Pershore United's field when I was in Pershore. Yeah. Cause that was right where my cousin lived and my co- other, her husband was going to the gym. So I'll go with you. And I'm just wandering around. And I saw this little Pershore United ground and I basically just walked in there so I could get a picture of the sign says Pershore United. Of course, there's nobody in there. I was looking, do they have like a pub or an office where I could just go and talk to somebody? No, no. I was wandering around in this place and, open, you know, going to create an international incident for trespassing, but no, nah, I didn't. So I got out of there before anyone caught me, but I couldn't find anybody. Uh, but you know, and that's the thing you don't we don't get here. I mean, England, those little clubs, you know, those are the games I want to go see at least once, just to see where you know the the same guys that are lined up at the same spot uh, every Saturday for thirty years. You know, this is my spot. So, I mean, the closest thing I had to that here was when I went to a Seattle University game and I got there early and I found this spot. Oh, it's right here by the press box. I'm going to sit right here. But apparently that spot was where a longtime uh, original player for the first year that Seattle U had soccer and, you know, long time, you know, he's, and he's just there and he goes to every game and I sat in his seat apparently. And how do I know? Cause everybody, Oh, how come you're not sitting in your seat? Oh, this guy came and just sat in. I'm like, dude, it's, it's general admission. There's no reserved. All you had to do is say, Hey, I mean, I sit here every game. 
would you mind if we switch? Yeah, sure. No, I don't care. I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house, but man, everybody was giving me, I felt like I was just getting beat up here because I'm sitting in this guy's seat. I didn't know it was his seat. I never sat in it since. So. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, ah, dude, I'm sorry, man. I didn't know. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I'm going to say, Corey, this was a great, was, this was great. And we got to have you on again once a little bit more, when it's a little bit nicer for Darby County, when you guys are in the playoff finals. Oh, I can give you, like I can give you the so joy of Darby. The joy I mean, it's not a Darby. problem. I got plenty of joy, joyous moments at Darby as well. <laughs> is England still doing the regular yeah, Christmas I think, schedule? You know, I think with the, all the whole games, Christmas like schedule just kind of been compacted the to the entire season. So this season load. is five weeks shorter than previous seasons. And normally what you get in the championship is, you know, you, you get a, you know, you get the Saturday games, but every couple, you know, maybe once every three or four weeks, you get a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, yeah. Tuesday kind of thing. And it's just been Saturday. Yeah. No, the, the yeah, and it, it's, the been, it's been it's been um, seasons is, it's is been Saturday schedule. Tuesday since the season kicked off in in September. Um, we do match preview podcasts, and I think we've already done I mean, we've done a preview wow. podcast for every single game. So, like, it's just it's just nuts. Like we're recording every three days, every four days, uh, and you can't really keep up with the pace sometimes. So, like, it, it's just it's just mental um, in, in a way, no, and I hear it. and it's just it's just. But it, but it's exciting. I think the games come thick and fast, and I think for a team to to start to je- – I mean, it's better, obviously, when you're winning. Um, but, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of positives for Derby to take. I mean, they've got a, a – Yeah. I wouldn't say a generational, but a very, very good crop of young players coming through that, that are starting to get game time and starting to get minutes. And I think Derby have also learned, on the flip side of that, a valuable lesson of you don't – you only got to play so many of them in a game because if you play too many, you're going to get murdered. Um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of positives from Derby. And, I mean, I think the thing that – has most been positive for me um, is, is just doing this podcast with my friend Jason, like, cause we started this in, he had started it right after Lampard had left. And then I joined him about four or five months in. And then during lockdown, we started to do the actual yeah. like live, like recordings, like we're doing now. And, you know, got to know him better and, and just to talk to other fans and to talk to former players and to talk to current players and to talk to fans of other teams and, and just get involved with the cool stuff that's going on. Because I mean, just like, Mm-hmm. like you Duffy you Steven like you guys love football I love football and so we've just sat on here for nearly an hour we've just talked about football which is just yeah. something that we would do if it was normal when we were sitting in a pub but we're able to connect from wherever we are to you know to talk about this thing and I think that's the most powerful and cool thing about doing these podcasts and about being involved in this kind of community is that there's just so many cool people out there that do so much different things and I think the thing that we've learned a lot by doing these match previews is it's easy for a lot of people to sit here. Like it's easy for me to sit here and just look at Darby County and just look at, you know, only Darby County. And that's it because I'm a Darby County fan. But like I said, at the front, I'm a first and foremost, I'm a football fan. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we try to take the the blinders off the shackles off, um, take the old Bielsa spy glasses down of binoculars. And, you know, we, we try to look at it and for the purview of football as well. Cause sometimes if you look at a club inside of a vacuum, you not fully understand it. And like, the bigger picture of things. And so to sit back and to understand the bigger picture and to understand, like you said, with Wickham, we talked to a Wickham guy and he was just, he was just like, it's just so exciting to be in the championship for the first time ever. Like we're just loving life. But then you hear his disappointment because he can't go to Adams park. Yeah. Well, when we talked to him, he couldn't go to Adams park to watch a game. You know, we talked to a Brentford guy and he was, huh? 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I feel we, we talked to a Brentford guy. Uh, I feel that pain. I mean, on our latest oh. podcast that just came out because they played Brentford tonight, like, and he talked about his joy at going to the new Brentford Stadium for the first time at the weekend, but his sadness that he kind of wasn't able to go to Griffin Park with his daughter one last time to say goodbye to the stadium, but then he turned around and told us this emotional story about how yeah. he walked out with a group of friends when Brentford were playing and he was outside Griffin park and the floodlights went out for the last time. And it was like, it was a weirdly emotional thing because you're sitting here and you're just like, football really does connect us on. I mean, I studied at university and stuff like I studied and wrote papers on, you know, globalization and football. And there's that great book, how soccer explains the world. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a, it, it's a common bond that we all have. I mean, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I, you know, we're, we're in different parts of the country and we support different teams yeah. and, and we've had, you know, different experiences within the game. But I mean, to sit back and to be able to just to talk to someone about what we're doing or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just phenomenal. I think, you know, that's, that's the most positive thing I can take about this. I mean, I'll talk about Derby. I'll talk about any football because I watch a lot more football than I just, I watch Derby as well. I mean, probably more than what a human probably should. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably more than, more than what a human should probably consume. <laughs> I, think we're level, but, I mean, it's just, it's oh, just yeah. phenomenal. I mean, and I mean, I spoke to a Derby County fan who lives in South Korea. And I mean, he's never been to Derby. He's never been to Pied Park, but he watches every game and he's on like Twitter and he's just, he's just like so psyched about Derby. And then you, you sit back and you think about fandom and you know, a lot of times I found this yeah. and I don't mean to be going on a bit of a, a lot of rant here, but like sometimes you find you go to England and, or you go to another country and you sit there and, and you have this quote unquote American accent, even though everybody else has an accent. Right. And it makes you feel like sometimes you have to, you have to, you know, you, you, yeah. you sometimes have a conversation, like I'll have a conversation with someone about Darby and they'll go, well, what do you know? You're American. You don't, you don't go to a game every week. Yeah. Just because I don't sit in the stands every week, you know, yeah. I work. So it makes me, it pushes me as a podcaster. It makes me push as a fan to, to work twice as hard, three times as hard to make up for. So people can never question that kind of stuff. And like, it got me thinking about fandom and stuff. I mean, that lad in South Korea, he has just as much passion as someone who goes every week to Derby. He's just unfortunately 8,000 miles away. You know, I'm unfortunately just across an ocean, so I can't make it. Yeah. No, and that's, and that kind of stuff makes me mad as one. Well, I'm a better fan than you because I do this. Well, no, because you, it's not your decision on how to, what, how people support. I mean, you yeah. support how you support. There's not a wrong way to do it unless you're doing something violent. I mean, know? for me, people go, people go, oh, I, well, did I, you ever do this? For Darby? And I go, no, but I've seen him play Southport because... in the FA Cup third round, and I traveled four and a half thousand miles to see it. Did you? And they go, uh, I don't like, there you go. Your yeah. point's invalid, man. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I got that when I went to see Sounders play in Charleston. The guy goes, you came all this way to watch a preseason tournament? I said, well, yeah, uh, Wow, respect. I said, well, and I wanted to go to Charleston. It wasn't just, it was a good, hey, that's an excuse to go to Charleston, which is a beautiful city, by the way. One of my, and my, maybe my favorite city in America. So, but yeah. You would, you would travel to England, Duffy, to watch, watch hashtag play, United play. Hashtag United. Yeah, I would, actually. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we, we all would, but <laughs> Duffy's that guy that would, would max out three or four credit cards just to see. Did Just I ever tell you the story that. when I crashed the the naming press conference? You haven't said that on here enough. No, I you mean, haven't said that on here. Yeah, here so when they while. when they got uh when they 
got the franchise announced, they weren't going to, you know, the, the thing was the league, I think, I don't know if it was from the league or not. They wanted to go away from another name. So they had these three choices, uh, Seattle FC, uh, Seattle, I uh, can't remember some other, but they all were crap. I hated all of them, but they had a write in. So everyone would write in and I would go every time I logged onto my computer, I would go to the website and I would vote and I'd give some reason why I should vote, you know, but then they had the press conference when they're going to name it. So I said, I'm just going to go down there. So I go down, I'm in line. I get all the way, all the way to the last uh, spot. You know, I have a ticket for the space that go up the elevator and the space needle and they go, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. This is just for media. So, all right, fair enough. So I leave. As soon as the press conference started, I went over, I'm in this sports bar across the street in the chef's office with the chef. I don't even know him. I just was like, yeah, I went to see the name and he goes, Oh, I have it on the, on the laptop in here. So I'm looking at it and they start the press conference to screw this. I'm going back over there. So I ran over there. And uh, I just walk up to the elevator. I said, are you going up, sir? Yeah, here's my ticket. I go up. Next thing you know, I'm in the press conference. No one. Once the press conference started, nobody checked. I'm in the back, and I'm watching. I got to see, you know, most of the press conference after they named the team and all that. And then I I went through the whole Q&A, and I'm just kind of standing there. And I, and I saw some swag, and I went, I wonder if I can get some of that swag. And then the lady that originally booted me and says, you know, sir, this is still just for media. I said, all right, fine, I'll, I'll leave. But I, I saw the whole press conference. Got to see the name. I just kind of snuck in the back. So that was cool, you know. It was an awesome. Oh, you could do that. You could do that stuff today with the way social media is and stuff. Oh, you could do that stuff today. Arrested. That was two thousand and nine. So yeah. I used to be able to do that because I went to the University of Kansas, so I had a press pass for the longest time. But I remember even up till two thousand three, it was getting kind of weird. To do that, but now, oh God, no! Yeah. You can't even, you can't even attempt to get near one of those. I mean, I'm saying pre-pandemic. Yeah, no, God I know what knows what it. God knows what they're going to do after this, but God knows. And some of it, the Zoom meetings, I actually find them kind of fun to a point. Yeah. But that's that's been it. That's been interesting. So anyway, let's. All right, let's. Get this going. Anyway, uh, we'll have a Rams review out actually uh, Corey, probably tomorrow tomorrow afternoon uh, where we'll sit down with a Stokes supporter um, and we'll preview the uh, the Stokes City game. But yeah, I mean, you know, you guys can anyone can hit oh, us cool. up on Twitter and uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, those kind of things. We've got all of our videos there. We've got a meet section where we sit down with um, former players, including American and former American international John Harks um, and Ian Foyer. Um so, you know, we just enjoy chatting about the game. And if anybody wants to get in touch and send us a, a DM or wants to come on or talk about something cool, just let us know. We're more than happy to do that. And I appreciate, Stephen, you inviting me on here. I've really enjoyed it. Duffy, it's, it's been great meeting you. Cool. Um, I appreciate both of you guys inviting me on and, and allowing me to talk to talk soccer tonight. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's great to say soccer instead of football on a podcast. That's what's, that's what's great. I just feel like such a relief. Yeah. It's so cathartic. Soccer. It's so great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, soccer exactly. is an English invention, not an American one. Uh, the word, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, um, Chris Lee over at um, the outside right did a whole article on that because he's a he's British and he he hates that. Actually, I'm in his book, Chris. Uh, um, Chris Lee from out 
outside right did a book about the origins of the sport and I'm basically the MLS chapter. Not written, interviewed. There you go. Interviewed. So you know, anyway, guys, we'll talk to you. Hopefully we'll do one.